hello and welcome everybody to the Anglin Podcast. Um, I'm going to tackle some tax topics today. My name is Chris Cook. I'm a partner with the firm uh, here in our Huntsville office. I work in the tax department and specialize in credits and incentives as well. Yeah, my name is Jarrett Scarborough. I'm a manager in our Pensacola office. Um, I also I work with Chris on um, credits and incentives. Um, and today we're going to talk about the employer retention tax credit. So to get it started, let's talk about um, how big of a deal is this credit? Jarrett, can you talk about just how valuable is this to taxpayers? So the ERTC credit can be very, very lucrative to clients. It is um, through all the COVID legislation, I would say it's one of the most valuable credits if you qualify. Um, you know, a max credit per um, per employer is $26,000 per employee. Um, so, you know, if you have multiple employees, that can add up quick. Um, and when it initially came out, not very many people took advantage of it because it was limited. It was only for a year. Um, it, you know, it didn't didn't become as, as, as valuable until later legislations. Um, then in December 2020, they um, made changes to it through the Consolidated Appropriation Act. Um, this, they, they said, now if you took PPP, you can also take the credit. So this was a game changer. This is when you know, most, most of our clients started really looking at this credit because, you know, like I said, most of them had taken PPP, but now they're also eligible for um, the ERTC as well. Um, and one of the big, the two, two big changes besides the PPP change in, in the Consolidated Appropriations Act is it was extended through Q2 of 2021. I um, mean, also, through, when they extended through 21, they changed the how you calculate the credit for um, the 2021 tax year. Instead of being limited to $5,000 for a whole year, now in 21, you're you're able to get $7,000 per quarter per employee, um, which is you know a huge, huge change. Um, and they also changed the large employer from 100 average FTEs to 500, um, which was also another big, big deal. Um, and then in March of 21, uh, the credit was changed again through the American Rescue Plan. Um, and, and through this legislation, it was extended through the end of 2021. Um, it you know stayed the same on how to calculate the credit for 21. It was still $7,000 per employee per quarter. Um, and but they also introduced the recovery startup business. Um, and this is this is for businesses that you know started during the pandemic. Um, and we can we'll go into you know further detail um, later on. But this has also been you know great for clients that have just started their business. Um, and then lastly, the last change um, through legislation was through the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act in, in November of 2021. Um, in this one, they eliminated the Q4 2021 credit, um, except for the recovery startup business. Um, and then for non -reco not recovery startup business eligible um, taxpayers, it was you, you could only go through Q3 2021. Yeah, so a lot of movement there, Jarrett, but I think, you know, to summarize, it, it took a few steps to get there, but at the end of the day, the employee retention credit was part of COVID relief, and where we ended up is 
the quarters we look at for this credit are Q1 of 2020 through Q3 of 2021. Big picture, there are two ways to calculate, uh, to be eligible to claim this credit. You either have to show a revenue decline from the quarter in question to a base period, or for the quarter in question, you have to have been fully or partially shut down as a result of a governmental order. So let's start with the revenue decline criteria. If you are claiming a credit for a quarter in 2020, you look at that quarter, that calendar quarter, and compare to the same quarter in 2019. So I look at the second quarter of 2020, and I look at the second quarter of 2019. And if my top line gross revenue declined um, year over year by 50%, then I have satisfied the revenue decline criteria and I have a qualifying quarter to claim the employee retention tax credit. Now in 2021, that threshold for decline decreased dramatically and opened it, opened the credit up for a lot more people. So for a 2021 quarter in the same scenario, if I look at the second quarter of 2021, I still compare back to 2019 as my base period, but my revenue decline only had to be 20%. So as a result of this kind of decreased threshold for, um, uh, for revenue decline, a lot more people are eligible to claim the credit under 2021 rules than under 2020. Um, the second way to be eligible to claim this credit is if you had a government shutdown, um, if your business was partially or fully impacted by a government order. So to be fully or partially shut down, you need to be able to tie that shutdown to a direct order from either the federal, state, or local municipal government. So if you had a you know, stay-at-home order from the governor, then that would be um, you would have an eligible quarter for as long as that order was in place. If you had a, if you know, if you were not deemed essential and you were not allowed to come in, then that would be an impact for, for an employer and you could maybe be eligible for that quarter. Now, what's a little even more vague is what does a partial shutdown mean? So maybe some of my business got to continue on normal operations, but some of it didn't. There's a safe harbor in place there where if the portion of your business that was shut down as a direct result of a governmental order represented 10% of the overall business enterprise, then that would be enough to say, yes, we were partially um, impacted by the governmental order. What is not covered by the government mandate is, um, you know, I think some of the things we've seen there is, you know, CDC released guidance, OSHA released guidance about um, capacity and business and, and, enclosed spaces and things like that, unless your governor, mayor, president, whoever that governmental order came out and made that guidance into a law or made it into a, a mandate for that time period, that's not going to be enough to um, meet that threshold of, of a government shutdown. So if you're going into making an employee retention credit claim and you're relying on the government shutdown criteria, you want to make sure you're very buttoned up and you can tie it back to the direct mandate that came from whatever governing body um, issued the order. Jarrett, you want to talk about what it takes to actually claim the credit? So the ERTC is a payroll credit. Um, that means that the the refund, the money that you're getting is, is actually coming from the payroll taxes um, that you paid, um, or at least a portion of it. Um, so what that means is in order to claim the credit, uh, we have to go back and amend 
your quarterly payroll tax returns. Your, it's typically Form 941. Um, and so we go back and amend those, um, and we would get um, a refundable, non-refundable portion. Uh, it's just it's the way the IRS divvies them up, but it's it's kind of misleading. You still get the full refund, the full amount of the credit. Um, but one thing to to take one thing to think about is the impact that it has on the corporate income tax. So the IRS has came out and said that any amount of the credit um, you're not allowed to deduct on your corporate tax return. Um, so what does that mean? That is, you know, let's say you have a hundred thousand dollar credit um, on your tax return. You had an expense of two hundred thousand dollars worth of wages. Uh, so we would actually have to go in and amend the tax return and take out that hundred thousand dollar credit from from your wages. Um, so what does this mean? This means that it, you know, it, it will result in a higher income tax typically, um, you know, and, and it goes for the same for um, C corporations and also flow through entities. Uh, but the flow through entities, we would need to amend you know, the, the entity itself. And then we would also need to amend the personal income that the K-1 goes to, um, you know, and it, it, it typically, and then this depends on the size of the credit. Typically, the credit is is more lucrative than the additional income tax that you're going to have to pay. So you're, it's typically a greater benefit to claim the credit. Yeah, I think the way to think about that is, you know, the credit is a dollar for dollar reduction of your tax bill. The deduction that you were getting previously, you know, it's only going to be the tax effect of whatever that number was. That's going to be the dollar impact. So the credit's going to be um, more valuable than the deduction in this scenario, but as Jared mentioned, the IRS is not going to let you have both. You can't have the credit and the deduction. Uh, the logic there is they're saying we're subsidizing those wages, so we're not going to let you deduct them because we're we're paying for those with the credit. So um, that's pretty consistent with other credits and incentives that we see. So um, no surprises there, except for the timing of it, because it may you may be in a situation where you're amending your income tax return going ahead and to pay, uh, having to pay additional income tax before you, potentially before you've received the refund money on the employee retention credit claim. So that's just something to be aware of when you're kind of entering into this process. They're not going to start processing these again until the beginning of 2024. Um, so we really, you know, at this point, we're really unsure about how long the refunds will take for anything filed, you know, um, past the September 16th deadline when, when the pause started. Yeah, I think that's right. I will say there have been varying timeframes for different people about when the cat, when the refund checks have gotten in. But the money does come for the ones that we've claimed. And um, as we've kind of talked about the qualifying criteria, this does not apply for everybody. This is something that you need to look on based on the facts and circumstances of your own situation. And um, don't listen to someone who's telling you everybody's eligible for it because it's certainly not the, the spirit of the law. That's not the way the IRS is interpreting it. And you should be prepared to defend any claim that you make. Um, just as an example of that, the IRS has extended the audit window for this particular topic based on, um, you know, traditionally the IRS has three years to go back and, and pick one of your returns for examination. Well, as a result of this credit, that window is expanded to five years. 
they're so they're already saying we're going to take more time. We're going to be looking at these. Um, and then they've also come out with notices saying we believe that a large fraction of the credits that are being claimed right now are fraudulent or aggressive and we're going to be taking action. And so if you've made a claim that is that's not going to hold up, what you can be prepared for is to have to pay back the refund that you received along with penalties and interest. So not a situation you want to be in. You want to look at these carefully before you make the claim. Kind of along with that, um, they've the IRS has released additional guidance that says um, if you have made a claim right now based on, you know, maybe aggressive marketing or just misunderstanding of who's eligible, there are steps in place right now you can make to withdraw a claim that you've already made. So if you've already sent a claim, you're waiting to get that refund, but it hasn't come yet. And now you're kind of learning additional information. You're saying, oh, I this actually doesn't apply to me. I thought it did based on what I was told. Um, you can go through steps to withdraw that claim, kind of take yourself out of the situation where you're going to have to go through an examination, penalties and interest and and all that. Um, and so there are steps and it changes. Those steps are different depending on if you've if you filed it based uh, like on a 941 for a single employer or if you use a payroll provider or something like that. So you'll need to, again, look at the facts and circumstances of the claim you made to determine how the withdrawal process will work if that's something you're interested in. I guess just kind of final thoughts here. High level, I would say this is one of the most valuable tax credits that we've seen. It's it's very, um, very valuable and important for taxpayers who are eligible. And if you are eligible, you should claim it. It's um, it's totally worth it, and it's there's big numbers there. But you need to have your eyes open that there is strict qualifying criteria, and not everybody is eligible. And there are unfortunately some people out there who want to sell you that everybody can claim it, and we just don't agree with that. We think that's aggressive and kind of a dangerous position to take. And that has been kind of backed up by the posture that the IRS has had recently. If you'd like to schedule a one-on-one -on -one with us to kind of dig through this a little deeper, happy to do that at any time. And um, we can kind of hold your hand through every, every stage of the process between understanding the rules, making the calculation, documenting and substantiating the claim, and ultimately filing the claim and all the income tax impacts that goes along with that. So with that, I'd just like to say thank you for listening. If you've made it this far, congratulations um, and look forward to talking to you again soon.